0: Welcome to All About the Experiences, the podcast that has no limits, hosted by me, Cheryl Rogers. My mother always said, live your life to the fullest, baby. Well, I'm here to do just that. This podcast is dedicated to sharing what inspires me personally and professionally. I have become a trusted name among top professionals in many industries. All About the Experiences is now your source for weekly inspiration, diverse points of view, and insights rooted in positivity and experiences. Now, join me on this journey. Welcome to All About the Experiences. Today is my sixth episode, and I'm still excited about this journey of discovery through this podcast and all of the wonderful guests that have graced the show so thus far. Sometimes we can be our own worst critic, and um, I'm definitely learning a lot. I'm, I'm embracing my growth through each episode, and I love that each guest has truly been an integral part in They play in my life, as well as my discovery through All About the Experiences podcast. Today's guest is definitely no different. Um, My guest is a San Diego native. He is an accomplished actor. Not only that, he has recently starred in the Book of Mormon videos, which I'm sure we'll get into about. Uh, He is an acting instructor that... Um, who has really played a large part in a lot of the actors that you see on the silver screen and also on some of your favorite TV series. He is an instructor at the world-renowned Joanne um, Barron and Brown Acting School in Los Angeles. There he is, again, worked with many actors and actresses that we've seen in major motion pictures. And he um, recently... Uh, started a series on uh, IGTV that we'll talk about as well. So without further ado, I want to introduce Charlie Boone. Hi, Charlie. Hey, hey, hey. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Charlie, you are absolutely one of my faves. I And I'm, I'm not biased. I'll tell people that because once we get through this interview, you'll be their faves too, so I just wanna say that. But welcome to All About the Experiences. I am so glad you're here. And I just wanna get right into, who is Charlie Boone? Cause I mean, with a name like Charlie Boone, everybody wants to know, who is that man?
1: <laughs> I am a, a person who's not trying to recover from acting. I, uh, <laughs> I, I still love uh, behaving truthfully under imaginary circumstances. Uh, I just get into a little bit of everything. I'm a curious person, I guess, Cheryl. And once I kind of dive into something, I have to go all the way. I can't just, like, if I go to a buffet, I'm not just going to taste something. I'm going to eat everything at the buffet.
0: I'm like you in that regard. And unfortunately, my buffet is in the kitchen. And during Uh, COVID-19, it's been a little, it's been a challenge. I'll say that.
1: (laughs) I hear you. Same thing here
0: stop it no i was going to save this for later on but i'm sure everyone will see in the promos that i've been doing they'll see that you have a physique that does not look like you have been eating anything other than protein or shakes or what have you ladies and gentlemen this man has a physique that looks like it belongs i forget what the gentleman is that has his arms outreached and he has the the perfect physique that we see in all of the health books that's you charlie
1: Thank you.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So tell me, since we kind of touched on that, what have you been doing, um, you know, to pivot in the way of, I know that you are um, at, and tell me if I'm correct, is it Gold's Gym or what which gym are you affiliated with?
1: It depends on where I'm working at the time. Okay. Uh, when I'm at home in San Diego, our home base. Yes. San Diego. Shout San out to San Diego. Diego. I go to, it used to be called World Gym, and World now gym. it's The Gym uh, in Pacific Beach right off of the five, but due to the pandemic and everything, um, I've been, I kind of created Jim Boone in my garage. I love and it. that's where I've been for the past couple of months.
0: Talk about a pivot, right? Well, let me ask you this, um, just because I know that fitness and uh, obviously what you put in your body as well is really important, but during this pandemic that we're all dealing with, and you, you mentioned that you have a, gym, a gym boon, or uh, <laughs> you're doing all of that, but what are you doing in the way of just, um, are your eating habits different during that? Because I mean, what, I, I know that I've been going towards, more towards the comfort food, and you know, the, a couple of days ago was National Mac and Cheese Day, and so I did indulge mm-hmm. there too, but what are you doing to pivot in that regard?
1: I'll tell you, I can do some mac and cheese, Cheryl. I'll tell you that, all right? <laughs> that's one of my weaknesses. Oh, I love it. Uh, it's such a great question. You know, it's interesting, before the pandemic, mm-hmm. I was actually preparing for a role in a film, and they didn't want me to be so uh, fit. Okay. They, it was more of an average kind of Joe. And so I was eating things that I didn't normally eat, and I started getting that habit. And then right. the pandemic hit, production shut down, and so I was kind of left in limbo. But the challenge was mentally, and, and here's what I, I hope your, your listeners can relate to, is it really starts up here, right? Okay. And mentally I shifted to a more relaxed, kind of uh, laid back attitude towards food. Okay. And I could not get that momentum back at first when I wanted to get back in shape. right? Yeah.
0: Yes, you know, you've seen me. I mean, okay, so let me let the listeners know, Charlie and I, Charlie, you will not believe this. We have known each other for 15 years. My son is 15 years old now. That's how I gauge it, yes. And
1: how do you stay looking so beautiful every single year you do not age? Charlie, thank you.
0: No, well, you've you've seen me go from the gamut. So Charlie actually knew me, and I don't know if you remember this, Charlie, when I was well over three hundred and thirty pounds. So you've seen me transition, and I've hit definitely hit a plateau. And you know, COVID has not helped the situation. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna take ownership for that. It's a mindset. Um, believe it or not, even though I have my screen behind me, there's actually a Peloton behind me as well. So, yes, that was a gift that I got from Dominic, and I'm 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 slowly changing that mindset. And if I don't get on the bike, I'm trying to make sure that I'm walking or doing something because I know that it's not just what you put in your body; it's also what you do um, in the way of exercise. And like you mentioned too, not just um, in the way of physical exercise, but mentally um, having that shift. So I'm working on it. And you inspire me with that for sure. I'm I super. have to tell you, I love your transformation Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is a sidebar. Um, just ladies, I have to tell you, he posts pictures, his before and after both are equally Just He's just as handsome in both, but let me tell you, the transformation that you've made with your own physique, Charlie, is amazing. It truly is.
1: Thank you so much. That was, it it was such a great journey because I always tell people it was a mental transformation with physical side effects.
0: Ah, I like that. That needs to be on a t-shirt, just so you know. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. But I I can definitely see that. I mean, I remember when we worked together, which is many moons ago now, right? Mm -hmm. But I mean, you've always been that put together guy and everybody wanted to be around. And um, I tell you, you're that silent giant, but really it's, it's all in the way, they always say that it's in the way that you live your life that make people wanna inquire about what you're doing and how you're doing it. And so I'm sure this, after this interview, it will be more of that as well. I already know that, which I want to get into. You are not only an actor, but you're an, uh, an instructor and a coach to actor. So tell me a little bit about that and also the school that you work for.
1: Oh, my goodness, Cheryl. It, it, it's such it's interesting how things just work out the way they're supposed to. Right. Um, really? Early 20s, I wanted to switch from theater. I had grown up doing theater my entire life okay. and I wanted to move into television and film. So this is the type of person I am. I find out where all the champions are coming from. Right? Mm. I identify who do I want to be like? Who do I want to look like? Who do I want to, and where did they train? Gotcha. And so I found out all of these working actors that I admired were coming out of the same school out of Santa Monica. Okay. So I went over, I was living in San Diego at the time. I commuted back and forth to Santa Monica for two years, taking the program. Wow. We met for school twice a week, and then I had to go up for rehearsals twice a week. Okay. And after I finished the two-year program, I'm like, okay, I'm ready to act. And I was doing a master class for Joanne Barron, master teacher, amazing teacher. And she says, honey, can you tell the class how you planned those actions? So I did, and afterwards she goes, I want you to train as a teacher at my studio. Wow. And so my mind was blown. That's huge. The- yeah, the people that are coming out of there, and. I would be teaching them. Right. Um, I had no idea that it took another five years on top of the two years to train, to teach So you're students. a doctor. Seven <laughs> years it took me before I was actually able to touch a student in an artistic way to help develop them. Um, but then once I saw them come in and, and how raw they were, or even if they were working actors already and taking it to the next level, Right. and then now I can't turn on the tv or go to the movies without seeing one of my former students, you know, or current students. And it's,
0: that has to make you feel so gay.
1: Oh my gosh, I was watching the the daytime last daytime Emmys and the best actress gets up, accepts her award, the best actor gets up and accepts their, his award. They were both my students about eight years apart.
0: Wow, well, I have to say, I'm sure that some of your San Diego teachers that you had here must feel the same way about you when they see you, because I know that's how I feel when I see you. Um, Charlie and I, every year, I mean, it, it could be we, we're, we're friends, we're friends, but we're friends on social media, so we see all the postings and everything. But when I see this man and we're at Comic Con, I don't care how many costumes are in the way. I'm running to you, and I'm giving you a big hug, and I'm just like, Charlie Boone is here now. Comic Con is complete.
1: <laughs> By the way, Cheryl Rogers gives the best hugs in the world. <laughs> thank you, nice thank thing. you. <laughs> I'm so lucky to have Comic Con here. You know. No.
0: I know that's been. I have to tell you, like, I mean, obviously, none of none of anything about this pandemic has been anything short of great other than the fact that we're spending more time with our loved ones i'll say that um you have to find the positivity in something but um i I have to admit i was a bit disappointed that comic con was not going to happen this year and rightfully so i mean we're all trying to get ahead of this thing and be safe but um it definitely is always uh something that draws so many people to san diego which in turn it boosts our economy and does all of these other wonderful things, but people get a chance to experience San Diego that we get to experience on a daily basis. (laughs) But um, beyond that, it's getting that opportunity to connect with people that you may not see on a daily basis in person and and you're enjoying this thing that we all love so much. So it's always good to see you, but it's really good when I see you downtown, for sure.
1: It's, and, and don't you feel like we're in our element? Like kind of like we're the mayor of San Diego for yeah. all the people are coming in from out of town that we know. We're like,
0: Absolutely. Well, let me take
1: you to some good Mexican food. Let me t-
0: <laughs> Exactly. And I'm telling you, like, you don't realize this. I'll, I'll tell you this. Um, when I saw you, the last time that we connected, I believe you, you had just won an award. <laughs> I was so proud of you. And I was just like, look at Charlie. You know, it's so funny when after we greeted each other and we went our, um, you know, different directions, this young lady comes up and she goes, who is that? I know he's famous. I've seen him somewhere. I was just like, I just saw I said. I was like, oh, that's Charlie Boone. She goes, immediately picks up her phone. Charlie
1: Boone.
0: I <laughs> loved it. Yeah. So I have some connections in San Diego, I'm just saying.
1: <laughs> I have to share a funny story about that Comic Con with you, Cheryl. So, like the day before, right? I, I dehydrated. I won that show. I, I was so happy that I won, but I was so exhausted from, you know. I'll, and so I'm walking around Comic Con. I, I think I had a tank top on. So you I'm, did. Like, bo- boneheaded <laughs> move. I'm like, hey, I worked hard for this. I'm going to show it off. Um, (laughs) we all
0: appreciated it too. Thank you.
1: (laughs) And so I'm walking down the the big exhibit hall yes. and I'm walking with Dennis Illick, who is the, um, set photographer for Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, uh, all of that. And so we're walking and, and Dennis, if you ever see him, he always wears his sunglasses. He's got salt and pepper hair dressed in black. He looks like the producer, you know, big Hollywood. And so we're walking and all of a sudden we both get grabbed and thrown into this herd of people. And they shepherd us. And before I know it, Cheryl, I'm sitting on the panel of the strain with the cast. Are you kidding me? I kid you not. And I look over at Dennis and I like look at him and he goes, and so I called security over and they came over and I said, "Um, we're not part of the cast. They grabbed us, (laughs) threw us out. You're like, (laughs) hey, you
0: brought me in here.
1: That's right. It's a Dennis Texas friend who actually directed some episodes of The Strain. Okay, and he says, "I just want to tell you what happened with Charlie Boone. They think he's already part of the cast, and so uh, that actually led to some more work."
0: Look just at crazy. that! You know what? Everything happens for a reason. Truly, Amen. everything Amen. happens for a reason. Well, since you brought that up, and you brought up about some of your other work, um, let's talk about your body of work. I mean you it's 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 interesting for me I and mean, even um, uh, last week's guest, uh, Jordan Black, he has the black version and we talked about this. Um, I have a personal connection where family have a personal connection with you. And what I love about this is when I see you all on the screen, it's like, yeah, I get excited because I know it's you. but beyond that, I get so drawn in to who you're playing as a character, no offense, but I forget that you're Charlie Boone and I'm drawn to your character. And I'm just like, wow. Like, I don't see you as Charlie anymore. I see you as your character. How do you do that? How does that happen?
1: That's actually one of the best compliments an actor could ever get, Cheryl, because for people who know the actors, to be able to still be able to get something from the story and not be distracted by that, that's the biggest compliment, so thank you.
0: Absolutely, no. Thank you. I'm. And I mean, I have to tell you, I like, you're you're drawn in because you're so excited that you know here it is. This is my friend. He's on the big screen, and I'm just like wow. But once you know that goes and the credits have rolled, and you're you're in it, I'm like I'm in it. And I mean, let's face it, you are just. Um, and I can say this: you're a very handsome man. You have this presence about you, but you also can uniquely change your look. And I'm like. That's Charlie. It's it's amazing. Like you literally turn into that character, and I'm just like, Thank it's you. amazing. Is what do you do to prep for a role to embody that person? Where we don't see it as just, you know.
1: Yeah. Well, there, there's so much that goes into character work in script analysis, but really to distill it down, what you do is if the person's living, you you study them. Okay. Uh, if, If the person isn't living then you get the attributes of what you think you're kind of it's almost like you're painting your own portrait your own interpretation of who they are and so it goes from everything from the vocal patterns and the way that they speak how they sound to how they move i remember i played one character where he was this real you know like just i i can't even describe him but he I went to the San Diego Zoo and I watched Silverback Gorillas for like a long time. So you
0: got that
1: kind of how, how alpha male,
0: I'm, I'm here and gotcha, gotcha.
1: And so I put a little subtle. Uh, then there are other films where there are complete transformations that you need to do. Um, you, you mentioned a little bit about the Book of Mormon where yes. I played Amulek. I walked around for almost a year with like long hair, full, full beard, uh, people are giving me change at the airport, you know, as I'm tying my shoe. They're like, poor guy, here, here's a sandwich.
0: <laughs> how did your wife, um, how did she embrace? Did she like you clean face or with the, the big bushy beard? It, or is it exactly, it has to be an adjustment for your family and your friends that are around you too when they see, you know?
1: Totally. Uh, I think she tells people sometimes it's like I'm cheating, but I'm not. <laughs> I like that.
0: That's like me when I change the hair, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah, totally, totally.
0: Absolutely. I I I recently um caught some of your series on IGTV and I was so impressed. And I believe uh the the young lady or the actress I should say that was on there, um her name is Andy Allo.
1: Oh, Andy is amazing. She
0: is something else. Isn't she? She is something else. She said, so I was listening, you know, you, you pull from, um, things which you need at the time. And, um, I made a note of it. Hold on. And she says, it is not the journey. It's, it it is the journey. I'm sorry, not the destination. Mm -hmm. And that you pull so many things through your journey. And when you finally get to where you, your goal is or where you want to be, it's not even, um, it, I'm not going to say that it's not significant, but it's all of the wonderful little seeds that you grab along the way that truly inspire you to, to get where you are and have this successful moment. And I thought that was so telling when she said that. And I think you coined it like a drop the mic moment, but it definitely, it was something else. She's, she's some, something else. And she was one of your students as well, correct?
1: I, I did get to work with her at the studio. Uh, she wasn't in my class, but I got to work with her in, like, coachings and things like that. Seriously. And so I've known her for a long time. And it's cool. She was already in Prince in the New Power Generation. She was already a musician at that point. So Her voice always, is
0: amazing. Isn't it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that girl has pipes, okay?
1: <laughs> but Now that I'm watching her carry a series and upload on Amazon Prime, it's kind of cool to see her having the opportunity to let her talent shine, you know, and here's someone that grew up in Cameroon and you imagine not, that not yeah. even in the States and comes. So it's, it's inspirational. I love that quote that you shared by her. Another one is, I think we talked with her about how do you uh, handle rejection? What's your philosophy behind rejection? Yes. You remember that? Yes. yes. It wasn't my part. And yeah, she goes, but she
0: ended up getting called back for because I think she it was for a season the the second I think episode or season or something and then she ended up, and I guess it was the director. Yeah, I was just like, wow, that's amazing. But it's it's true. It's and I think that's no matter if you're an actor or or what you do for a living, it's just like you have to recognize. Okay, maybe this wasn't for me, but doesn't mean that there's not another door that's open for me. So. I even, I talked to uh, Jordan Black about that last week. And I was just like, he told me, he was just like, honey, he was like, honey, rejection comes. And he said, you have to have a thick skin and know that, okay, that wasn't my part, but there may be something else. Or even he says that he had gotten um, some scripts that weren't so great, but that's not your fault, but it's how you emulate and you bring that out, that character out. And he said, no matter what, he goes, sometimes he's performing in front of an audience and they're dead. But he says, it's your job to make that your own and to get, invoke that reaction. And is it different for you? Because I know like he, when you, you've transitioned from theater, I mean, you're so versatile and you've been in this uh, series, the book of Mormon, which is amazing. I have to tell you, I, I was very proud, very proud. I mean, I'm proud to know you anyway and, and, and be considered a friend of yours, but just to see the level of authenticity that are in your characters i'm just like when you you truly transport someone i can definitely tell you that yeah you do you do you transport someone and the funny thing is is that you're like that in person. Even when we used to work together, we had all clamored to see Charlie Boone because you always came around, gave this huge smile, and you genuinely asked me, how are you doing today? And you know, we talk about different things that were going on in the workplace, but you're just a wonderful person to be around. You really are.
1: Thank you, Cheryl. I. Everything you just said, I feel the same way about you. That was our work family. That was like, yes.
0: I was we spent a lot with... of time there too. <laughs> we did. So let me ask you that because how did you balance? I mean, obviously you had your daytime gig, but then you were still prepping for roles and, you know, obviously becoming the doctor to a lot of actors and helping them in their coaching and their training. So how did you have that work-life balance?
1: I had a very patient wife. <laughs> we give I, uh,
0: Cynthia a shout out because she is, she's beautiful on the inside and out. She truly wow, thank is.
1: You, thank you so much. She was so patient. She moved with me uh, to LA when I needed to move to LA. Our our work at the time allowed me to work from our LA office, which helped a lot. Right. Um, I didn't sleep a lot, you know, I was working every weekend, I was working nights, uh, driving back and forth to LA from San Diego when I would book a film or book something, I would need to take PTO to, to do it. So the, it's, it's just when you do what you love, as you know, when you're passionate about something, yes. you'll do it for three people, you'll do it for a million people, you don't care. Yes. It's what you love and you can't live without it. It's like breathing. It and is. one thing that I love about you is you've always had this beauty inside and out and inside really? there's this hunger this mm-hmm. Tigress this, there, there's, this <laughs> and it's just yes. like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to do what I do, and that, I, I don't know any other way.
0: And that's it right there, is, it's, it inspires, I get inspired by other people, and I think that's where this whole kind of, not only just a podcast, but my whole brand, it's like, life is an experience in and of itself and kind of like what Andy said he's like you you have to enjoy that journey Um, good bad and indifferent you take all of those moments and it culminates to maybe one goal or several goals but it's it's the experience that I meet so many awesome people and I have to tell you I used to be very painfully shy and my grandmother and my mom were like Don't come in this house until you've at least talked to five or 10 people and you know new people. And so that's where that comes from. And then from that, even though I was trying to work on myself and be a little bit more open, you learn so much from other people and you take a little bit of them, but then you also give some of yourself. And so it's this ever evolving process um, as I in self-discovery, you know, and so um, here we are. That's
1: why I love that you're doing this and that title all about the experiences it it sums up who Cheryl is it's you're you're so wonderful in being interested in other people and their experience and so many of us sometimes are selfish and I I don't mean to put us down as a people but we look inward first (laughs) before you've always been that person who is empathetic, who Thank is always Charlie. wondering how other people are doing. So when I found out that you were hosting this show, I'm like, "This is perfect."
0: Thank yes. you. Thank and you. You to be
1: a guest, and I'm like, "Oh, sign me up!" I, Look,
0: I, I was just like, I was so excited. I was just like, "Charlie Boone is going to be on my show!" And everybody's like, "Who's Charlie Boone?" I said, "Oh, you will find out. Let me tell you." Well, I have to ask you this: um, How did you even? What inspired you to even get into?
1: Mm, it's a great question. I was a little taught about seven, I think, seven years okay. old or so, and I was watching the Donny and Marie Osmond variety show on ABC. Donnie Donny and Marie, yes. And Donny jumped through pianos, he was singing. And back then, it wasn't known as a triple th- threat. If you were an entertainer, you were an entertainer. You went to dancing, you went to acting, you went to singing, you, you just learned how to play an instrument. And right. so I told my mom and dad, I said, that's what I want to do. And they kind of looked at each other and went. So my mom took me to a community theater audition okay. to show me what rejection would be like. So I would get discouraged. She later told me in life and went one <laughs> out. Well, I ended up booking the lead. And
0: look at she you. Had to,
1: <laughs> she had to read 37 pages of lines to me because I couldn't really read yet.
0: Gotcha. Uh,
1: and from there, I was hooked, Cheryl. It wow. there was something about trying on other people. Oh, I love
0: that. That's a good analogy. Yes. Yes.
1: And, and walking in their shoes, it made me, I didn't realize it at the time, but it was making me a better human being. It was making me more empathetic to other people's pain, other people's joy. and That's
0: profound, Charlie. It made
1: me feel at the most embryonic stages and, and I got hooked.
0: That's amazing. So you said your mom was there and she encouraged you to do all of these wonderful things. And she had to read lines to you even before you could read. How did that work? Like was the whole family invested in you becoming an actor? So you were saying how your mom would read all of these these lines to you. And it's just like, wow, and you can even read yet. So that means that you had to retain and remember all of this. Is that hard? Because I've I've always wanted, I mean, in my mind of mine, I would, I always wanted to be on All My Children. I wanted to be on a Mm -hmm. soap opera, but I heard that you had to memorize all these lines. How do you do it?
1: Memorization is kind of a muscle. Once you build it, it gets easier and easier. Um, In fact, on one of the recent films that I worked on, they had cue cards because we had huge monologues and they would hold them up behind the camera. And I, I asked them, I said, not to be difficult, but could you please lower the cue cards because you're in the middle of this dramatic scene and all of a sudden like a word flashes that you're not even on yet. And it's like, oh. You're
0: like, what, what? <laughs>
1: yeah, it's like, I have my lines, just let me do it. Um, but you know, there are different techniques. Initially when I was a kid, it was all for my mom reading. So to this day, when I hear something, it sticks.
0: I love it. Yeah, Yeah, that's awesome. So with your mom, I mean, she obviously was vested in this process of you becoming an actor. And um, it's a sacrifice in the family, too. I know, like, um, I've had uh, siblings that played an instrument or played sports. And it's like it's a family collaborative effort to make sure that you know you're getting to practice and you're memorizing your lines and you're keeping up with school and everything How, what did that look like in your home was
1: it my mom and dad would tag team and my dad was also worried that his son was involved in musical theater and he would never come out and say that but you know that was his generation right right and immediately he also put me in sports so <laughs> that I guess he thought that that he didn't
0: realize he was making you well-rounded.
1: That's right. right. And so, but he would also take me to rehearsals and things like that. And I remember one play I did, my, my, my director said, you're bringing them. Why don't you just be in the play? And so he gave my dad one line. It was in the music, man. I remember I was playing and my dad's line was pickpocket. And so. (laughs) At night, in front of the mirror, I'd go in there and he'd be like, in front of the mirror, pocket, pick pocket, pick (laughs) pocket.
0: My goodness, I I love that. I love that the family was um, surrounding you and supporting you. I think that's so important. Um, I... No doubt, you know, we both come from backgrounds where, you know, your family, that's your nucleus and um, they could be your, your hardest critic, but they also love you. They, they love you through everything. Um, can you tell me about a moment like maybe when you uh, felt rejection on the outside and your family you had to come back in like if you didn't get a role or if something didn't pan out quite the way you thought it would in this journey to becoming an actor how did such your parents embrace you and deal with those moments
1: it's such a great question Cheryl and I think they've gone even beyond that that obviously in those moments rejection as an actor but I think just as a human being sometimes in life when we make a wrong decision or take a wrong path. My parents were always there to not harshly judge me, but to Mm -hmm. love me and to let me know, pick yourself up and keep going forward. We all make mistakes. None of us are perfect, but the difference is, how do we react? Are we able to allow that experience to make us a better person? Or are we gonna let it just throw us down the hole? And my parents were always encouraging of, get up, dust yourself off.
0: (laughs) Keep it going. Keep it going. I get it. And I had to ask you, so like when you're preparing for a role, so I, one of my other favorites that you were in, and I believe it was the fighting preacher. What, how do you get into that mindset? Like, I know that you said you've even gone as far as going to the zoo to study and picking these things up I guess the characteristics of, of that particular character, but then you also have a way of making it your own too. So how do you get into that frame of mind and have that manifest to the awesome display that we see on the screen?
1: Thank you so much, Cheryl. That role was so fun for me. Buster was so cool because he's so not who I am. He's the bully. He's the, you know, and, uh, And you made
0: it so believable. Let me tell you.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So basically what I did for Buster was um, I had to look like a 1920s boxer. So I was too big at the time. So I actually started fighting down here in San Diego. I started fighting, they didn't have any heavyweights for me to fight. I worked with uh, Luis Rodriguez, an amazing boxing coach down in Barrio Logan. And he had me fighting real fighters, but they didn't have any heavyweights for me to fight. They had me fighting middleweights who are smaller and quicker than I am. And I remember I was out in El Cajon, fighting uh, this one amazing fighter. And bam, he cracks me right in the bridge of the nose, breaks my nose, and we keep fighting, blood's everywhere. And afterwards, after the round, he comes up and he puts his hand on me, and he says, if I hit you like that, you can take a knee. I won't hit you anymore.
0: <laughs> you're like, <laughs> now
1: you tell me. <laughs> so I get all ready for this role, and I show up, and I'm, I'm in shape. I'm looking like a 1920s fighter. And the fight choreographer goes, Charlie, 1920s boxing and so we had to we had to change up my style real quick but as far as the character goes i i used to get beat up a lot in school when i was younger because i was small and i grew up in a predominantly caucasian area and i look like my mom who's who's hispanic right and so I, i got bullied a lot but the problem was i was small and i had a big mouth not a good Sounds company. like me.
0: Now I see why we get along so well. <laughs> right? Right?
1: Yes. It's, uh, it wasn't until I grew into myself that I no longer got bothered. But I remember there was this one bully. who used to bully me. And the way that he looked at me, he looked at me like he wanted to eat me for lunch. And like he was getting pleasure off of just making my life. So I remembered that throughout my entire life. And I said, this is buster. Uh. So... I took that and mixed it with like a WWE kind of wrestler mentality of hyping up the crowd and just someone who you're just like this guy's a total you know Um, and the director said if I knew you were gonna do that with Buster I would have made him more predominant through the film and uh,
0: wow that says a lot Charlie so you're you're dipping down into your toolbox of experiences and using those for your characters that's why it comes across so authentic and so real i'm mm-hmm. telling you i was like really impressed i'm telling you i forget your charlie and i'm just like buster is
1: uh she dropped me off the set and i had long hair and a beard um because i was preparing for another role right and she came back and i had a mustache in the 1920s short haircut and cynthia's driving up going She's
0: like this, so who am I bringing home tonight? <laughs> I love it. I love it. I know that um, in your preparation and um, working with other actors, for that, that physical transformation, like you know me, I'm, I'm kind of known for changing my look. It was different yesterday. It'll probably be different tomorrow. And I love that. I love the versatility of it. I love matching my look to my mood. And when you're working as an actor, um, sometimes maybe you're asked to transform into something that you've never experienced. Like I've been very heavy and I've been, um, well, I've never been skinny, but I've been somewhere along that line and then I've been definitely in the middle of it. So I um, being able to speak, not in an acting role, but being able to speak to others and have that empathy to understand where I felt like when I was over here, over here and now in the middle, Um, and I'm able to connect with people. How do you get your actors to be empathetic and draw into a character that maybe they don't necessarily understand or have never experienced?
1: Yeah, such a great question. I think a lot of it is personal vanity, you know, as far as I don't want to have to look like that for any period of time, you know, but once they, a lot of actors, they get into it because they do like to become other people they do like to experience that so a lot of the actors i work with i don't have any problems with it's interesting i somehow fell into the space of um i also train actors from a physical standpoint like getting them in shape um and that sometimes is a challenge in showing them exactly what it takes, the type of commitment and dedication to do a physical transformation in such a short amount of time. I remember there was this um, 17 year old kid, skinny beam pole kid. And he was, his character was supposed to be large in stature. And they cast him, uh, you know, they flew me out to New York. I'm like, why did they cast this kid? He's so skinny. And then I talked to him and I'm like, oh, he's so the character, this is fun. And I said, Dude, we have to put on a lot of muscle. We have three months and we're not going to use steroids or any drugs. This is all going to be food and workout. Wow. And he showed up to set, Cheryl. The, the, the director texted me. She goes, What did you guys do? And she goes, He looks incredible. That's when awesome. people commit like that, yes. I'm like, But then there's sometimes the other people are just like, oh, They try it for a couple of days. They're like, Nah.
0: You have to really love your craft i think about i think it was um tom hanks right when he did that transformation and it's just like whoa i mean and you have to i think it goes far beyond wanting numbers you know from from the movie it's just like you really are passionate about what you do and you want us to embrace this character. So you go to the extreme to make that happen and have that physical transformation. And you, it's amazing. I I look at your post on IG and I'm just like, I'm like, I can't believe that this is the same guy that was fully shredded and looking all vascular. And and then you, I look at you in your character in the, the Book of Mormon and I'm like, Wow, okay. like vastly, but I'm drawn into it because you have authenticated that character through the transformation that you've undergone. And it's Thank just you. simply amazing. How is that? Like like when you um, are doing a read for let's say a, a film and you're looking at it, do you immediately know that you can connect to that character or? Pretty
1: quickly, yeah, pretty quickly. Uh, and sometimes you usually I'll say your first few takes on it is nothing like what you're actually going to do in the performance. But the, the character does start to speak to you a little bit and you start to get some inspiration. And Certainly. then from there you just build off of that. Wow. Um, and as actors, you know, we're always trying to find the truth and mm-hmm. to illuminate the human condition and yes. bring truth to the screen. And the physical part of that is, is, you know, a huge part.
0: Absolutely. Well, I know that you mentioned, Cynthia, your beautiful wife, and you guys have been together for what seems like forever. I love I love how you pay homage to her and your work and um, just being that support system. And I know, like, having that work-life balance is really important, especially when you're not in your traditional nine to five, if you will. How has she... Um, supported you through this process. Um I, I would imagine even when you're preparing for a role that requires a change in your physicality, then you're changing how you eat in the house too. So that affects the whole household.
1: <laughs> it does. It does. Um, she's a very healthy person too, which helps a lot. Right now we're both eating cleanly, we're both working out. Um, she inspires me because she's a runner and so she loves to run and she's actually pulled me along on some half marathons that almost killed me. Um, yes. but I was like she's not stopping. I'm right. Not stopping. <laughs> You're like training
0: time out, I need a break. <laughs> totally, totally. I uh, love
1: that. She, she has just been so, so amazingly supportive in every way and it's interesting because the Hollywood lifestyle isn't her. Like she doesn't do the red carpets, she doesn't you know, she'll be off to the side. She, she's not about being in the limelight.
0: Right, but right.
1: Also, very proud and very happy mm-hmm. for the accomplishments that that certainly, yeah.
0: absolutely, and it's so funny because um, obviously, and I'm sure everyone will see with the promos that I've put out. But you look at you, and I mean, you. I mean, you know this. You're extremely handsome. You're so put together. And you know, a lot of times you'll see people and you're like, oh, and then they'll open their mouths and you're like, oh, you are the the complete and total package. So I know that she is very happy to have you come home. And I don't blame her for being proud. I mean, I'm proud as your friend, I'm extremely proud. I mean, having this have being able to have this moment with you now and you talk about all of the wonderful things that you're doing, but all the wonderful things that you give to other people as well as other actors, it's amazing. And I mean, that's something to be Proud about, and so I don't. I don't blame her for that at all. And having that um, ability to share you with other people, you know, that's that's huge too. That's not an easy feat, I know. So I know I can't only imagine what Dominic deals with when I'm getting ready to do an event. It's just uh, like, oh wow, yeah. He kind of steps back and helps me set things up, and be like, well, oh, that's my wife, you know. So I get it, but isn't I, it great to
1: help someone like? There with you, cheering you on like Dominic does. I mean, yes, such a great man. Such
0: He's great he man. is. He's fantastic, and I um, appreciate the support. As you, I mean, you see, for my day job that um, I do, it requires a lot of travel and um, time away from home, and having that to be able to pivot. And still maintain your family at home and make sure that, you know, you're going to be missed, but your presence is felt and being present. If I, that means if I know I'm going to be gone for a week and I'm cooking a week's worth of food just so that they know that I'm there and I'm connected and I am making sure that they eat. Otherwise they'll be ordering pizza and God knows what else and all the time. So (laughs) I, I'm willing to make that sacrifice, but they're also making a sacrifice to support me. You know in all my endeavors so it's it's very much appreciated for sure
1: i love that quote i'm gonna steal that you know that you're going to be missed but your presence is still felt that's yes. beautiful i love that.
0: I, um you know i i think i learned that best um i used to work for sharp uh sharp grossmont and they had this program called um the 11th hour program and basically it was training volunteers to uh, sit with people when they were, you know, in palliative care or in hospice. And a lot of times people that are, you know, in that state at that point, you know, obviously it's it's terminal and they don't have family members or friends or they have family members or friends that are still working and they can't be there and they want someone there with them as they're transitioning. And um, I don't know what possessed me to sign up for that program, but I did. And it was the most, I, I learned a lot about myself and we had one session where it was about being present and you're in this room full of people, you're connecting with one person and you don't say anything. You have to stay silent, but you also have to give of yourself and be present for that person. And I was just like, that, it, when initially when they told me that, I was, I was like, what does that mean? Like, what do you mean just sit here and just look at somebody? But it's not that. It's, it's how you breathe when you become succinct with someone. It's how you touch their hand, you know, it's how you connect with someone without saying anything. And it's just simply being present. And I didn't know what that was until I went through that program. And I had an opportunity, my first person, I'll never forget, Miss um, Marie. And I was in the room with her. Her sister, while she was in the hospital, had a massive heart attack. And so she couldn't be there. And um, she was actually an RN as well, so that was my first assignment. And I would sit with her and talk to her. Um, she had some of her belongings were in there, and I was just like, "Can I touch these things?" But I would go up and I'm learning about her. I'm looking at her hands. Her her nails were manicured. You could tell she was a real sassy lady. I I could just tell that. <laughs> yeah. And I would just talk for hours on end. And then um, one of the nurses came in. She's like, "Sweetie, you haven't been up to even go to the bathroom." Like they would bring me water and everything. And I was like, okay, I'm going to run real quick. I, I felt this connection. This woman, all I would do was watch her breathe. I left to go to the restroom. And when I came back, I saw all the nurses and everyone in there and she had passed and I was devastated. And I was just like, but I wasn't there. And she's just like, honey, you know, you were here just to be with her in her transition. But I was just like, but it was because I left, you know, and she's just like, no, she says it was because when you left, she felt free enough to finally let go you know and I was just like it took a minute for me to understand that whole process but I was so glad and I I was no longer saddened by it but realized that my presence meant something to her in those final hours and so it's learning of your that was one of those experiences learning you know how to be present and how to give of yourself even though the person that you're giving of yourself to may no longer be here and so i i think about uh, in 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 correlation with your characters for that moment in, in time that we're watching you on the screen not only are you giving charlie through this character but you're giving this character life and so we're able to grasp some sort of concept from what you're presenting to us and apply it to our lives in some way so. This
1: is why you would make such an amazing actor, because oh, do you know how few people grasp the principle that you're sharing right now, which is Sanford Meisner, the brilliant acting teacher said it best. He said, an ounce of behavior is worth a pound of words. Oh, yes. When yeah. you're present and in the moment and really listening to someone and not, not hearing, but listening. Right. It's an interactive experience that transcends words. And when you can bring that into a character, you're now bringing, like you said, breathing life into bringing humanity into it. It becomes spontaneous. It becomes improvisational. And before you know it, it doesn't look scripted anymore. It just looks like an experience happening. And we're peering in through that fourth wall going, ooh, are we even supposed to be watching this? You know, it's so frightening. (laughs)
0: Right. It's almost like when you're reading a book and you immerse yourself into that experience. I, we didn't have cable growing up, you know, things were tight. You know, I I grew up in a single parent um, home, but the interesting thing is my mom, she said, no matter what book we wanted to read, I would save up. And it was always, you know, every two weeks it was on her payday and she would take me and my sisters to go pick out a book and I would get so excited. And like, I mean, obviously with technology now, we can read things online and on our phones and tablets, but it's something about having that book in your hand and knowing that you're about to immerse yourself into an experience or this story and connect to it in some way. I'm, I'm, I love tangible things. So I love when I read, I like to have a book in hand. And it was always hard for me I, I, when I was getting my degree um, I was on an online university, and I was just like, "Do they have a book version of this? Because I'm not retaining this information like I need to." So, right, I need to, I need to smell the book, you know, or something. But yeah, I, it was really. Um, A great experience for me. And so now I'm now that I'm past um, graduate school and everything when I pick up a book now it's for pleasure and I love to get immersed in that. And also on the weekends. I love to veg out and watch TV and just kind of let my mind. We have so much going on in the world right now. And so when you have someone like yourself that's providing us an outlet in which to watch and embrace these other stories and learn you know different things it's just like yeah especially now because we have a lot of time on our hands with COVID being so present. Um, again we're spending a lot of time with each other but beyond that we have time to do things that maybe we didn't have time to do before and so, so thank good. you for your contribution to that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I had to ask you I, I know that you've talked about um, transforming for roles and even getting your students um, able to transform for a role, um, what draws you? Like, if you see a, a student that's struggling with something or an, a concept that they're needing to convey through their character, how do you get them over that hump or past that? Like, are there not to you know tell me too many techniques because they should go to your school? But how do you how do you get them to um, get past that um, obstacle and? get where they need to be within that character.
1: It's interesting because when I find those experiences, and we have those a lot just in learning anything in general, but especially Mm -hmm. at the school where I teach, we have all of us, including myself as a student, hit stumbling blocks where it's just like, I don't get this. Um, I remember for me, it was emotional preparation. Everyone else in my class was able to emote like that. And not that acting is all about emotion, but you should have access to your emotion. Right. And I just was having such a hard time with it. And, you know, there's a lot of things from my past as a kid growing up. And I was the oldest of three. I, my parents got divorced at a young age and I had to hold it together for my family. And right. I was never allowed to show emotion or to have emotion. Otherwise, i go crazy. So you can imagine as an actor, when you have all of these walls built up. Right. And you're supposed to be like an exposed nerve. You have to figure out a way to tear them down in a safe way Um, and really what I learned personally, I'm glad I I struggled because I'm now able to help my students with, it really is about the time that you put in. Mm. As long as you have the right technique, if you're not putting in the the adequate amount of time and you may need to put in more time than most, then it's not gonna work. I had to do extracurricular things. I mean, I still do it to this day. I, when I get emotional about something, whether it's happiness, joy, anger, sadness, right. I make a note to myself. Now I text myself. Uh, the other day I was driving in San Diego and I, I've never been a dad, but I've always thought about what it would be like to be a dad. And right. um, I saw this young military dad, Navy guy look like, okay. he was walking across the street with his little daughter who looked like she could barely walk. And they're crossing the street and they're both slipping, sipping Slurpees. Mm. And I'm watching this just in my car. And she looks up at him with this beautiful look of love. And I'm her angry. daddy. <laughs> and I'm like, and it still gets me now. I'm like, why am I sensitive to this? It's right. the most beautiful thing that I've ever seen.
0: Yeah.
1: And I had to learn things like that. And it took a lot of work as an actor. So I tell my actors to get back to your initial question, if they get stuck, I tell them, first of all, you have to have actor's faith, which means Mm. you can't see what's coming, but it's true and it exists and you need to go there. And here's how you go there. Here's the path. Now, no one can walk that path for you, but if you're, you're willing to walk that path, you will achieve what you're trying to achieve. And those who do it, do it.
0: That's simply amazing. I have goosebumps right now because I know that's that look of unconditional love. And when, you know, no matter what, whether you've been a dad or not, you, you've you been a son and you, you know, you know what that means to have that connection to someone that loves you beyond this world, beyond anything, and will do anything for you. So I I get that being able to tap into those emotions and like even for me it's it's hard because a lot of times like if i'm doing a program and um, i'm trying to make sure that everyone else's experience is fantastic and then i'll catch what i've done or like you know towards the end of the program typically um one of my execs will call me up and like oh and this is all possible because of you know cheryl pulling this together and i'm just like yeah, 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 like I, that's what I do. But like, I'm just excited to see all of you like that makes that's where I it's rewarding for for me is to see how other people have enjoyed this experience that I've put together and I don't need the accolade. It, and I'm not going to look, I'm not going to not take it, but it's appreciated. But it's just like, wow, you know, I I feel vested in this and now they've gotten something from it. And it's like the little things, like um, I had a program not too long ago where there was a, one of our uh, attendees was breastfeeding and it's her first time away from her, her child. And so I made sure that the hotel that we were in, they put a um, refrigerator, you know, in her room and made sure that she could go somewhere private where she could pump and, you know, store her milk and, you know, still have that connectivity well they went a step further they made sure that she had a tablet in there that so that she could FaceTime and still have that connection with her husband and, and i didn't even know that they were going to do that they let me know made me look like a rock star i'm happy <laughs> about that but just being able to have that experience and that connectivity with her family while she was still doing what she needed to do you know for work meant the world to her and so if i was able to help facilitate that hey, I take it and I'm glad that she had that,
1: you know? When I think of angels, this is the type of, and this is one of the many reasons why I love you, Cheryl. We need more people like you in the world who not only give of themselves, keep themselves strong in every single way, and then take that light and share it with others and help others. That's what this whole earthly experience should be about, is us helping each other, us bringing people up, it's us, not me, right. and I, I just wish more of us understood that, and um, so thank you for being you.
0: Well, cool. thank you for being you. I share that same sentiment with you, especially with all the unrest that's happening in the world right now. It's it's, it's difficult to even turn on the television and look at the news. I mean, there's so many things that are going on, um, the racial climate in the country, Um dealing with the pandemic i mean there's a myriad of different things that are happening but i think at the crux of everything if we just all recognize that we're humans and we need to care for each other it it's seems um, like it's a simple simple concept right? and it would solve so many you know mm-hmm. issues seriously um yeah. wow <laughs> that just got of, me
1: <laughs> all of the greatest leaders you know so many people draw on differences but i look at commonalities things that we all have in common and all of the greatest leaders throughout all of time have preached one thing and that is love Love. it sounds very hippie it sounds very like 60s i mean but it's so true if we just all loved each other the way that we should right a lot of this would go away
0: you're absolutely correct charlie from your lips to everyone's ears please <laughs> Well, as we get ready to kind of close out, I wanted to ask you, Was there anything that you have that's coming down the pipeline that we can kind of share with our listeners or anything? I'm, you always have something fantastic going on. Um,
1: so it's interesting now that the pandemic is starting to semi-lift, the not, and production has started to pick up and then kind of backing off a little bit. Right. Uh, so, but there is something that I'm cast in that... We'll have A-list talent, uh, motion picture, feature film. Wow. Uh, movie theaters everywhere, filming in a really cool place. Uh, I can't talk too much about it yet until we're actually filming and then you yes, know me. right? I know, I know. Everyone, I, know. Can I, can I-, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love it. That's exciting. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to that. And yeah. Um, Definitely looking forward when I can share that with our listeners. So tell me, where can I send everyone to find out more about Charlie Boone and all the wonderful things that you're doing?
1: Oh, wow. Thank you. Um, I really just have my social media really, you know, Charlie Boone, C-H-A-R-L-E-Y-B-O-O-N underscore official. Official. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, As opposed to what? Unofficial? (laughs) Uh, But that's my IG. Uh, Facebook is Charlie Boone. and, And that's really, I'm not a big Twitter guy. I think I actually shut down my Twitter. Um so I kind of need to get back. I wish
0: it. someone else would shut down their um Twitter. I won't say it's <laughs> number 45, but I'm just saying.
1: <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Great. Well, I am incredibly proud um to know you Charlie, uh to call you my friend. I'm um, seriously your body of work, I mean it speaks for itself. You transcend your your characters and You bring a lot of love and light to what you do. And I mean, just sitting here, the way that you care about others and um, just like you said, being a good human, that's you. That's you through and through. And I'm just proud to know you and call you a friend. I really Mm -hmm. am.
1: I love you, Cheryl. Thank you so much. I had such a great time today. I did too. (laughs) It's like people get to like peer in on two friends catching up. I love it. Absolutely.
0: And that's what I want this to be about. I want it to be conversational and a way to connect, but also a way to find out about what someone's doing. I mean, you're doing great things, let's face it. And um, I, I, I love that people come to me and say, like they'll see me posting on social media and how do you know this person? And it's, it's, it's those simple connections that you, we started 15 years ago, Charlie. 15 Crazy. years ago, I know, I know. I have the greatest
1: show for it, you don't.
0: <laughs> oh, it's under here, honey, it's under here.
1: <laughs> well, Thank
0: you again. Before we leave, is there anyone that you would like to do a special acknowledgement to?
1: uh just to you cheryl i am so thankful that you're doing this you are the perfect host for this you create a space that's these people are safe and people are going to want to talk to you all day long because it's a safe space to talk about these really cool experiences that that people are are sharing and i want to see this i want to see you take this from here, which is awesome to television. I would totally tune in to watch this. Well, I can have you like travel around the world. I, forget that, I'm gonna, produ- I'm gonna help produce. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna go title the I, TV. I'm Charlie
0: Moon on my team. I know yeah. I'm going places.
1: <laughs> so thank you so much for doing this and thank you for allowing me to be what? Guest number six? Guest number six,
0: my sixth man. I love
1: it. <laughs> yes. sixth man. I'm ready, coach. Put me in. There you go. I love it.
0: Thank you again for joining us today. And I hope that everything lifts soon. And I can't wait to hear about your latest project. We'll have to come and have you come back and share with us all about that. But Charlie, um, just keep doing what you're doing. You're an amazing, amazing man. And you're impacting a lot of people.
1: Love you, Cheryl. Give a big hug to Dom for me.
0: I sure will. Thank you, Charlie. Take care. Thank you for joining All About the Experiences. Be sure to tune in weekly. Please subscribe, like, and provide feedback. Additional information can be found via the website at allabouttheexperiences.com And follow on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, and YouTube by name. All About the Experiences. Remember, the only limits that exist are the ones in your mind.